welcome to our regroup, Delegate Like the Boss. I'm Molly Graff, and this is Andy Woodall. Um, this breakout is designed for us to interactively get the why behind group participation. Um, so why we do it, but also why we don't do it. And thanks for joining us. Yeah. And so we want you to take a minute and just kind of think of a few things that uh, may happen in group that may cause you to not want to share responsibility. I'm sure it doesn't take you too long to think of some of those things, but if you just walk through the, the typical meeting that we have, the typical gatherings that we have, you know, you start with something like snack and say, okay, well, what are some of those things? I'll give you one, and then I'd love to hear one or two from you, and we'll just walk through our typical times, and we'll do that real quick, all right? So snack, you know, obviously what make you may make you not want to share responsibility of snack? Well, that person that shows up 20 minutes late that's supposed to have the snack, um, that's one, obviously. It kind of throws off your night. Any others? I'm sure this never happens in your career. Vegan cheese dip. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're stopping with that one right there. <laughs> Let's just go on to icebreaker. What about icebreaker? Well, I, I can think of one. I mean, the, the guy that stands up and wants to give a 20-minute stand-up comedy thing for the icebreaker. All right, that may be one. Any other? What others? Deep icebreaker question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the, somebody that comes up with this really deep question that just—it's not an icebreaker. It's to your soul, and <laughs> you have new people, and they're not going for it. Um, okay, what about sharing discussion facilitation? What, what are some of those that might happen? That some things might come up that might make you say, ah, "I'm not so sure about sharing this as much." Yeah. Someone who just wants us, instead of facilitate discussion, just teach the whole time. So, okay. <laughs> they want to talk. Yeah. They want to hear themselves. They want to. Okay. Yeah. What else? Others? They didn't watch the sermon. <laughs> yeah, the person that tries to fake it until they make it. You know, the person that just tries to carry on that conversation, and then you're realizing they didn't watch it. They weren't there. They weren't. Yeah, that doesn't go over well. Any others? Okay. So you, you get the idea. There are certain things that happen and come up in our groups, and, uh, and and those things happen, and you say, I'm not so sure I want to share. Let's go to the last one. This is probably the most difficult one, prayer time. Yeah. What? Any things that may happen in prayer time that make you say, I am not real comfortable. Matter of fact, I don't know if I'm ever sharing prayer facilitation again. Uh any of those, yeah. David? Uh, we've had one or two times when someone is like really gifted in the church speak, Christianese, you know, labeling on lots of extra things and stuff, which, you know, for a lot of other people, they don't know what to do with that and they don't know how to pray after, pray after that. It's, it's okay. going to be a challenging thing. Yeah, yeah, great. So the person that's pretty eloquent with their speech has a lot of terms and then that other people just don't want to pray. Any other things come to mind on that, that front of prayer? Yeah, something gets shared and it goes way outside of that confidentiality ring. Um, so that's that's a big one for sure. And uh, you know, and, and I've had sometimes too. It may be the situation where you get in there and somebody just says, "Okay, let's pray." All right, like what? Like you, me? Who who's praying? Like, and what are we praying about? What are we praying for? I I don't know. We're just gonna pray. Everybody pray. So um, I think. Those are some things. So we get it. Some of us really struggle with sharing 
participation in our groups. Um, and, and some of that may have some legitimate reasons, which we'll get to, but we want to talk about that. We Some of us just struggle, too, with assigning responsibilities and allowing others to fulfill some of those responsibilities. And we, we may feel or believe that um, we have really good reasons for that. Sometimes we might, sometimes we might not. And that's what we want to get to tonight. And so God often uses our struggles in these situations to reveal something that's going on here. And so we're just getting at this issue that as group leaders, that's a little bit of a shift that we make in recognizing, like Drew was talking about, we come to group, and like Jason was talking about, to um, not just to receive, but really to contribute and to help everybody else to do the same. And so as we're thinking about that, realizing I want you to think about as we start tonight and launch into um, really six questions to help you get to the heart of the matter when it comes to group participation, I want you to think about what is your little struggle in this? And maybe it's a big struggle, um, but let's just think about that a little bit tonight. And Molly's going to start us off on the, the first question. So first one's really easy. What specifically, and I want you know, to just throw out answers as we think of things, but what specifically um, did Jesus share with the 12 disciples? So what are your thoughts? Like his responsibilities? There's really no wrong answer here. When you think about what did Jesus share with us or, you know, with, with his disciples? <laughs> Any thoughts on that? I heard one right away. Food. What did he say? Food. Food. Yeah, he shared meals, for sure. He did tons of meals with people that probably were maybe unqualified or he was looked down upon for sharing meals with. What else can you think of? Well, he shared his life, right? He shared his entire life with his disciples. Um, his his miracles, his mission, his message, um, his authority, his suffering, his prayer time, um, and his mission, right? He left with us with the mission to make more and better disciples. Um, ultimately, Jesus shared everything with us. Um, and there wasn't anything he didn't share with us, um, which kind of leads us to question two. So as you think about this, um, what were legitimate reasons why Jesus could have chosen to not share with it, these things that we just listed with his disciples? What, what are some legit reasons he would have had to not have shared any of this? Okay, he could definitely look at them and say, look, you guys aren't, aren't ready. And I think they gave plenty of uh, fuel for the fire on that one. All right. What, what else? Yeah. They really Jim? didn't get what he was sharing, what he was sharing quite often. It's almost a scary thought. I mean, here, go share this message. You don't even get it, but go share it. Yeah, I mean, he could really have pulled that one. What else? Or he could have felt like they couldn't relate. Yeah. Like he was in such a um, sacrificial position. And like he probably could have been like, this isn't the same, this isn't relevant. Yeah. Great point. Yep. What else? Yeah. Eric. Maybe, maybe somehow, some. In some ways, like Northridge treats us as community group leaders, instead of spoon feeding every chapter and verse that you're supposed to share with your community group, they want you to basically give of your own thoughts and your own interpretation. And all. so, Jesus yeah. was probably the same way. That's part of part of growing them as disciples is that they had their own thoughts and they just didn't replicate what he was saying. Yeah. Yeah. Great point. What else? They were totally worldly. They were thinking of the kingdom that he was creating was the worldly kingdom when he was thinking yeah. spiritually. So they were really on two separate paths. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there, there's so many times where he's talking about this, and they come up with some stuff over here, and he says, "What? What? Don't you guys get it? 
um, I think there's probably times that we can experience that in our groups. Um, other things come to mind? Here's just a few. Um, some of these you mentioned, but I mean, he could really say, just look flat out, hey, I know more than you do. Um, I mean, if, if we're going to get right down to it, there's a lot of things that he could say. I can do it better than you can do it. Um, so if, if we're struggling with that one, he could definitely pull that card. Uh, now I realize we're talking about Jesus, he would never do this, right? But um, I never forget. You know, he, he chooses to not hold that against us and to forgive us of things. But uh, And then obviously for groups, I've got the ABCs covered. I don't need, you know, what we've, I've got it all covered. So those could be some of the things along with many other things he could say. Uh, so I think those are just important for us to think about as we say, okay, he chose to share everything. And at the same time, he's the only one that has really legit reasons to not share all of these things. So keep that in mind as we go to these next questions. So number three is why did Jesus share all that he did with the 12 disciples? So I need some volunteers to read. Um, the first one is First John 3, 1. Nice and, nice and short. Everybody gets to whip out your phones. Yes, yeah, <laughs> 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 yeah, sword drills. There you go. Okay, First John 3, 1. 1. Yep. Um, see what kind of love the Father has given to us, that we should be called children of God, and so we are. The reason why the world does not know us that it did not know him. So he shared his love with us. He de- he wanted to demonstrate his love. That's what First John three one is saying. What about Matthew twenty eight eighteen through twenty? Got it. Got it. Got it. <laughs> then Jesus came to them and said, "All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. Surely I am with you always." Here he's sharing his mission, and he shared it to equip them to do his will and fulfill his mission. All right, let's see the next one. I can do it. Thanks. Uh, for we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Right. So to display His work um, and to display God. And then the last one is Second Corinthians 5:17. The term was kind of long, so I Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone, the new is here. All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ, and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, that God was reconciling the world to himself through Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. So again, to display God and equip us for his work, we're new creatures or his ambassadors um, given this mission. So we're going to jump down to number four, and I'm going to um, just share a few thoughts before you answer this one, but just kind of think about what keeps you from sharing participation with group members, um, and, and be specific. And you can think about what specifically maybe you struggle with sharing. So. Um, I, I love the little um, promoting participation, that list of all the things. So maybe right away you think, um, I'm definitely never sharing hosting with, you know, whatever. And, and just kind of think about maybe what keeps you from sharing. But we want to make sure you're evaluating your why around what keeps you from sharing participation. But here's what we're not saying. 
so um, that at any and every time you choose not to share that you're wrong. There's obviously legitimate reasons of why we can't share every single thing with uh, our group members. And that every member of your group has to be filling a group responsibility um, at, or task every single night that you guys meet. And we're also not saying that you as a group leader are an enthusiastic, idol-worshipping, self-centered, lazy, social media junkie uh, if you don't share participation. Um, there are legit reasons for not sharing parts of group responsibilities with every person every night. Like the person with 10 cats not hosting because someone has an allergy or whatever. Um, or the first time visitor facilitating group discussion. Um, or forcing someone to pray who's brand new and uncomfortable in a group setting already. Um, so sharing participation can be a struggle either internal or relational or both. Um, and so you and I need to learn to meet God in our struggle instead of running from it or running over it. And just knowing that, so there are of course legitimate reasons we don't share, but we really want to examine our hearts and just think, am I not sharing this? Be, am I not sharing this responsibility because it's easier for me? Because um, is, is it selfish? Is it just easier if I just do everything and not really share anything because then I don't have to worry about those logistics or whatever it is. Um, so what are some things that you guys are, can be you or just in general that you think keeps you from sharing participation with group members? And it's kind of a tough question, but what do you think? I think for one thing for me anyways, uh, my, the group that I'm in, there's like, I think the youngest one is mid-40s, and we have 70 and 80-year-olds. So my big thing is like, with the age gap, they just, they won't understand. They don't get it. They won't understand what I'm going through. Sure, sure. You know, different generations. Yeah. I think mine is like learning to trust the people in my group to like follow through on what they've committed to do. Mm -hmm. It's really hard because mm -hmm. I don't want it to like not go well because yeah, mm -hmm. and then I like get scared that they're not gonna do it, and I'm like, I'll just do it. that quite a few times as a coach like I think it's my yeah so he said I feel like I've, I've been tasked as a community group leader to lead these things or facilitate these things so I feel like it's my job and so if I'm just not doing it I'm not doing my job and so I, I do that's probably one of the biggest things that I've heard as a coach of people wrestling with like I feel like I'm just not doing my job or not doing enough uh, if I don't do this so I was an interesting one. Um, I was all for like tons of people in the group volunteering and participating. I'm like, yes, awesome. And um, then one of those things, I think I went too far in, in thinking that um, they had this all together, they're tech savvy, they're able to message and all that stuff. And things just kept falling apart, like meeting after meeting. Like one first time where you're like, uh, not a problem, next time not a problem. Then I started realizing, man, maybe something's really not working here. And you know that became a problem in trying to just deal with that. And it's not even helping the group so much because now we're trying to talk about how we run the group and stuff. And that became a little frustrating for both. I made too many assumptions that they were more tech savvy than I thought and um, they became busy in life. Um, still good group members, but 
you know, I mean, that's interesting. At some point, you started to like, oh man, it would have been easier for me to have done this in the beginning, yeah. which I don't really want to yeah, yeah. do. I want to have them be involved. Sure, sure. Yeah. I'm curious, how many of you have ever had that thought? It really would have been a lot easier if I just would have done it. That's why I just do it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Fair. Snacks if somebody doesn't show up, like, you know, or maybe they want, it's a simple thing, but I, what helped me over the years just having something in the freezer in case, but I wouldn't <laughs> mention it unless I needed it. Yeah. yeah, that's brilliant. And I think that's great. I think, yeah, you know, like, you're still sharing that that task with someone and then just being prepared in case it falls through. You know, yeah. and I think that way you're still not just like hoarding the whole thing to yourself and not wanting to share, but willing, but also have a backup plan. <laughs> as long as you're not doing it like every time and after a while they're like, she's got something in the freezer. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I mean, sorry, sin nature, I'd be like, she's every time she's whipped something out of the freezer, it's been good. And I wouldn't find what's in the freezer. See, I don't know I don't know what's worse, that or doing everything yourself, hosting so like clean your house yeah. all day with three kids in your house, doing all the snack for like 20 people, and then at 6:25 your group getting canceled because everybody texts that they're not going to come. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. 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 So it's hard. That's hard. It happens. <laughs> and and so like what's the point, right? The, the struggle to share. What we really want to get out is that the struggle to share is not necessarily about the person, the place, or the thing not being shared. We really just want to examine our hearts. There might be a legitimate reason of why we cannot share this specific thing with this specific person. But we just want to make sure that we're willing, um, if that's what the Lord's trying to coach us in or, you know, or um, or kind of point out in our hearts. Um, so let's look, let's look at that. Let's look at our number, number five. Yeah, so number five then is what does not sharing potentially expose about who or what you are worshiping? And this is where all of a sudden it starts to turn a lot more towards really what's going on between me and the Lord uh, in this moment. And when we think about the sovereignty of God um, and the fact that, okay, the fact that somebody forgot snack, did, did God like blink and he missed the fact that that was going to happen and I was going to struggle with it? No, he was very well aware of that. And did he want that very intentionally to address something going on in my heart? Yes. And so for each one of us, even though we can't see that or know that about other people. Um, God has something in store for us in our group and has orchestrated sovereignly to put the people in our group that he has in our group with the faults that they have. That's probably the biggest struggle that we have to deal with. And yet that's a part of, I think for us as leaders, that's a part of our spiritual growth. It's not so much of just kind of like what Mario was saying, the who or the what or the where, some of those kind of things, or even the content of something that's being taught in the moment. As a community group leader, God's trying to do something in our hearts with truth from his word through the people that he's brought to us to, to minister to or try to equip to do the work of the ministry. And so it's a whole different level. We start looking at the people in our group not as, you know what, you forgot snack. And that's the second time. And what do I do with you? And what do I do with myself right now? Um, you know, it starts to be like, wow, Lord, okay, how do I work through this? You want me to figure out how to honor you by finding a way to love this person, find out what's going on with them, what their struggle is. Are they doing this on purpose? Well, I'd venture to say most people aren't like, you know what? I'm going to see how badly I can totally frustrate the daylights out of my community group leader, and I'm just going to act ignorant. I just totally forgot, you know? I don't, 
don't think most and now maybe you have some people in your group that do that i i just haven't seen a lot of them usually they're kind of beating themselves up and they're feeling pretty dejected because they forgot has been my experience i don't know um or they try to play it down but when you get to this question here's something i want to look at um just defining idolatry real quick most of us know but uh when we allow something or someone to control us in a way that only god should that's idolatry along with that you can kind of flip it and talk about it this way it's attributing worth to something or really anything or any person other than god and so thinking about that let's now look at ezekiel 14 1 through 3 i'm gonna read on past some of that it says some of the elders of israel came to me and sat down in front of me the word of the lord came to me son of man these men have set up idols in their hearts and put wicked stumbling blocks before their faces should i let them inquire of me at all Obviously, there's a little bit of frustration there. Verses 4 and 5. Therefore, speak to them and tell them, this is what the sovereign Lord says. When any of the Israelites set up idols in their hearts and put a wicked stumbling block before their faces and then go to a prophet, I, the Lord, will answer them myself in keeping with their great idolatry. So he's going to answer them according to their own idolatry. I will do this to recapture the hearts of the people of, of, the people of Israel who have all deserted me for their idols. And then the last verse in this section, verse 6, Therefore, say to the people of Israel, this is what the Sovereign Lord says, Repent, turn from your idols, and renounce all your detestable practices. I don't think that's a surprise or shock to any of us in this room that that's being said. But to recognize, I think for us to go a little bit farther in realizing and asking the Lord to reveal to us as we're preparing to step into leading our community groups this trimester. Lord, what's going on in my heart? What's been some things that have happened in the past of why I've struggled, potentially struggled with this thing of sharing participation? And please reveal to me what, what is it that's going on? Is there some form of idolatry that's going on? Am I worshiping more this thing of, man, I really want, I want the night to go perfect. Like, I want this night to go, because, and why? Maybe because we just don't want the complications. I want my life to be easy. Where is that big red easy button? Uh, or, or maybe it's something where we just say, you know what? I like for people to know that we have a good group. It runs well, and I want people to say that. And I want people to feel that. And I want them to feel like, man, we've got it together. And we love coming to group because we all have it together. And we love these group leaders there's definitely some level of wrong worship going on here you know but I, let's face it i mean there, there's a part of that where we have to examine what's going on for us and i just want to bring us to the point of saying too like what was it, it for ezekiel and what was going on with the people of israel at that time what was his advice to them it was look re repent the very word i mean obviously to them they knew exactly repent means to turn so it's kind of like turn no look, really turn from your idols and renounce all your detestable practices and i think we don't typically call our practices with this struggle detestable and we may have to get good at labeling some of these things that we struggle with how god does and just being able to say wow okay wait a minute this really is a detestable thing going on in my heart and um, maybe god the, the truth that's being taught that we're talking about whether it's in a bible study whether it's from the sermon on sunday morning whatever you're going through 
maybe God just has something altogether different for you. Maybe it's not even connected directly to that. Maybe it's connected to what you're thinking and feeling about this person that didn't facilitate discussion the way you thought they should. It's like, ow, that hurts. But I think we, those are things we have to evaluate because we could just skip right over it. And I'll admit, I mean, those are things that are pretty easy to do. Like, ah, yeah, and we just let it go. But I think those are things that as community group leaders, God wants us to get and learn. And here's one other, you know, we just went through 1 John, right? 1 John 5, and Aaron was one that spoke on. And at the very end of that book, it is, it is fascinating. At the very end, you have that little line, Dear children, keep yourselves from idols. I agree with Aaron. Like, where in the world did that come from? <laughs> love each other, love each other. Keep yourself from idols. And I do think there is this dichotomy and this clash of, man, we can be sitting in a group and trying to teach people to love each other, and then we're struggling with our own idols of, well, this just isn't going the way I want it to. And I think we have to evaluate that and ask for God's help and um, pay it, pay attention to our hearts. It's just really important. So we're getting at these things, and um, you know, some of the things here, Tim Keller's book on counterfeit gods, um, he lists all these different counterfeit gods, these forms of idolatry, and it's crazy convicting, but life only has meaning, or I only have worth if, and I'm going to read just a couple of these to you. If this is something you say like, wow, I need to, I really need to think about this more. You may want to look at getting this book, um, but he lists several, like nine. I'm just going to list a couple for you, but life only has meaning, or I only have worth if I have power and influence over others. So he refers to that as the, the power of, you know, the power idolatry. Um, if I am loved and, ex- and respected by fill in the blank, that's this approval idolatry. Um, my life only has meaning. I only have worth if I am able to get mastery over my life in the area of fill in the blank, my community group. And that's control idolatry. Or just the, the idol of control. I think you get the idea, and I think it's something that for each one of us, we have to really evaluate, okay, what's my struggle? And is it something that I'm struggling with the Lord, or is this really something where the struggle is the fact that I'm really seeking to honor God, I'm really seeking to love the people in my group, I'm really seeking to equip them, and it's just hard. And um, that's altogether different. So here's the last question, right? What needs to change in you so that you can share participation to the glory of God. Obviously, we're not Jesus, but we're called to be like Jesus. He didn't struggle with that. Praise the Lord, he didn't struggle with it. He demonstrated it perfectly. And I think in your in your workbook there, you've got two questions underneath that, uh, two bullet points. It says, what do you need to repent of or turn from? And, and then the next one is, you know, what needs to be resurrected in its place? Or what needs to replace it? And obviously, big picture, the worship of our living God. But is there something else specific that needs to go there about how you please God and how you love the people in your group? Um, so that's something for you to think about. You may be able to fill it in right now. Others of you, you may say, you know what? I Wow, I really need to think about this. And actually, I may need to carry this with me to group this trimester. And when I start having this struggle, I'm going to start going back through this and thinking about it and evaluating some of these, these truths. Um, so I'm going to give you one illustration, and then you got this little chart at the bottom. But let's just think about for a minute on a whole different context. You guys remember back in elementary school, you, you well, guys maybe more than the ladies. I think you all remember this, though. In elementary school, everybody played these games, you know? 
But you know, you have those days that are not such a great day where you go out on recess, you're so excited, and, and the monitor person throws out one ball for everybody to play with. There's like 40 kids on the playground. Some want to use this little ball to play dodgeball. Some want to play kickball. Some want to, and, and little Billy grabs the ball and just hightails it out in the middle of the field and just hangs onto the thing for dear life. So nobody else, you know, he's just claiming mine. This is mine. Nobody else gets to play with the ball, and, and he's just had it. I, I don't know if you guys had that experience. For some crazy reason, I have that experience in my brain of <laughs> kids just taking the ball and taking a hike, and they don't want to share with anybody. It's just their deal. And that, to me, was a bad day. And sometimes it was a bad day for that kid. Um, <laughs> someday it was a bad day for everybody else. But I want you to think about uh, those particular things. Billy on the playground. So think about that, and then let's look at this chart that you got at the bottom, okay? Person, object, group, motive. Well, Billy obviously was the kid I'm talking about. The object was the ball. The, the group, let's just say it was his buddies or the other kids on the playground. Now his motive for not sharing, and this is kind of the, the topic on here of not sharing, we don't really know exactly. It could be a lot of things. So, but I want you to think about, you know, we talked about Jesus and the fact that he, he had no struggle with sharing any object, any truth, anything. He, he shared it. Who did he share it with? Disciples. He shared it with all kinds of people. And then I, I put number three there for motive of just we went through a lot of things and listed there, going through those scriptures of things on number three of, man, he, he wants to bring glory to his father. He wants to be about the mission. He, wants, he had pure motives. And what he was doing now let's come to you and to me and just say okay let's put ourselves in in the community group context where it's you and the object i don't know you have to decide the object what is it is it the snack time is it the icebreaker is it the facilitation of discussion is it the prayer time i don't know hey it may even be like your outside activities like i'm not giving outside activity to that person because they are going to have us doing a 10 mile hike and it's going to kill all of us, and we don't know, or they're going to have us committing to some month-long project. You know, I, I don't know. Whatever it is for you. Just a couple off the top of my head. Um, you know, so, so it's you, and the object is stick with your community group aspects of things, and a community group being your group. But then the motive, I think that's, that's really what we come to right now, is to help all of us to think about, okay, what – for you and for me, before we, we've got a, a week before we step into our groups meeting in our homes or other people's homes meeting. And so I think it's a really important time for us to have the motive piece right. I mean, let's face it. You can have your growth goals outlined. You can have your chart filled in and show up and boom, all of you, you don't know it, but you're on our sheet already and you're doing everything. You got it all figured out. And we can have all this stuff set. We can feel like we got everything lined up. But what, you know, what what is going on with our, our motives? Because there is the flip side of sharing participation. You could go to this side and say, all right, we're sharing everything. We're not doing anything, but we're sharing everything. And if the motive is, well, we just want this to be as easy as possible. We don't want to mess with any of this. We just want to assign it all, and we'll just see what happens. Your motive could still be bad in that too, right? So it's a great opportunity for us to think about motives. And I think um, 
you know, as you look at that chart and you think and pray about filling that in, I, I would encourage you, I'd spend some time with the Lord. I mean, and that's part of why we're doing this, of, of helping all of us to think about. Spend some time with the Lord and evaluate. Are you adequately sharing participation to the degree that you can? And, and what is your motive in that? Is it a good God-honoring motive? Or is there some form of idolatry that's in seed form or is full-blown that, that you're wrestling with? Because um, it, it could significantly be impacting your group. For any of us, it could be significantly impacting all of our groups. Yeah, and, and just as we close out, um, a change in motive requires, requires a growing knowledge in God. We need to be spending time with the Lord if we're going to change our motive for whatever that is. And if our motives don't change, we're not going to change. And the only way to change those motives, again, is just growing in that knowledge of the Lord. This book is really good. It's super tiny. It took me like 30 minutes or maybe less. Um, and it's, it's just all about why we do the things we do and how to kind of change that. And the, so this is just another research. It's, it's by um, Edward Welsh. You can come up and copy it if you want to. Um, but that's ultimately what we want you to leave here mm-hmm. thinking about is just what do I need to ask the Lord to change in me um, or my motives? And am I doing the work outside of the group, you know, and growing in the Lord so that I can have the right motives when I'm sharing this, this um, participation? <laughs> so thanks so much for being here. Any other thoughts? Yeah. So the last thing we're going to do is we're going to put a few things up here, and you're still going to get out early so you can get out there first. All right? <laughs> Sound like a deal? It's not like, don't do this forever. Um, all right, so the last thing, I'm going to write a few things up here. I want to hear from you guys. Let me pick one. Let's just say that somebody's got the idol of control going on in their heart. And there's that they're really they like being in control of group and what goes on and everything going down the way they think it should go down. So let's say that this person is facilitating discussion. Okay? What might be some of the things that might happen in that discussion if this person's struggling with the idol of control? How might that look? What they might they say, not say, do, not do? You guys are just saying. Okay, I see. Allie, go ahead, and then Jim. Maybe if there's like a moment of awkward silence with no one answering, they would answer it themselves almost every time. Okay. So like, always answer? No silence, always answer. Okay. I'm sure that's never happened with any of us. All right, Jim, what were you going to say? Talk too much and too many rabbit trails of your own. Okay. Talk too much. Rabbit trails, what are those? Going off on your own. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Just trying to get participation. Is this right. like, like what it looks like as me seeing other people in the group? Because I know what it would be for me if I'm sitting there and you're controller. Yeah, either either way. Yeah, Go well, for it. For me, I'm going to be looking up things on my own agenda. If I don't like what the controller is doing, I'm going to say, well, when is this going to be over with? Okay. All right. I think if I think someone is talking too much, then I, in my mind, frustrated with that person and not really listening to what they're saying. <laughs> the person who's speaking is not listening to what no, they're. I'm, like, oh, you're if, not. If I have the idol control, right? Okay. Yeah. Like hypothetically speaking. <laughs> I was assuming the hypothetical. <laughs> hey, just um, I, I need to bring this to your attention. Just out of love for my wife. Should we sing happy birthday to her? Yeah, today's her yeah. birthday. Uh, everybody needs to get out early and get their ice cream. So, so let's give a couple more real quick. We'll sing happy birthday and then we'll be back. <laughs>
Honey, that's why we arranged the ice cream for you tonight. Oh, that's, right. oh, that's not exactly true because you can't eat it. Um, yikes, that was bad. Okay, yes? Um, if the person who is facilitating has the idol of control and someone answers a question and they don't like the answer, it could be like problematic and scary. <laughs> I was waiting to hear how you are going to define that. <laughs> problematic. Uh, yeah, I'm just going to, what? They will give the correct answer. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Correct. Answers. Uh, yeah, can we just say attention? Okay, so, obviously you see how that works. I'm sure it's never happened in your group, but, you know, you, you think about it. Now, now, real quick, what happens if that kind of a person, so let's say we just described a person, that's how they've been functioning, what happens if that person changes? If they repent and then they are functioning differently, what does it then look like? Give the answers on the other side of that. Now I know you could just say, oh yeah, you just do the opposite. No, but I mean like really, what, what's some of what that, what's that look like? How might that impact your group? Someone that doesn't want to answer may be more willing to bring forth their opinions. Yeah, I mean you might get a lot more people participating because they're like, I'm not gonna get shot down or corrected or Humiliated. Yeah. What else? They're more receptive to what he or she has to say. Yeah. More enjoyable. Yeah, it's not you're not scared and tension and all kinds of things going on. Yeah, a lot more enjoyable. Rabbit trails could be redirected back to conversation. Yeah. That'd be great. People aren't scared to invite their friends. <laughs> yeah, that could be a real one. Like, I'm not, go to my group? Nah. I'll invite you to a different group. Uh, yeah, Jim, what were you going to say? I get to drink more coffee. <laughs> well, when I That's great. put out a question, I sip coffee, so I shut up. That's a good one. There you go. I think not being afraid of silence because people need space to process questions and yeah. new information. Silence is okay. But I think even for like the bigger picture of the group, if that person is kind of removed from that position, it allows other people to grow in the group and to become someone who's you know more likely to be a leader in group or um, yeah, just just people to grow. I think a little bit more because it's not like this one person is running it anymore. Yeah, that's awesome. So we're gonna end with that. Well, I'm gonna pray and then we'll. Sing happy birthday real quick, and that'll wrap it up, and we'll take off. But I, I seriously, I realize you, you could be like, okay, that gave me a little bit of something to think about, and you could walk out and be done with it. Or you could think of three other people that need to really do this. Um, but I want to encourage you, please take a little bit of time this week, evaluate what's going on in your heart, and um, you know, for all of us to be thinking about, all right, I want to I want to share this in this area. And I know that I, I think my hardest area is prayer. It is because um, I think when we have other people visit and this summer group it happened I'm like oh man sharing this or asking somebody else to do this or kind of even lead or jump into this like I, I want these people to stay in this group I want to stay engaged I want to hear people pray and participate and so that's a tough one that's a tough one I, I feel like people can get crushed pretty quickly in prayer um, when it definitely shouldn't be that way so I don't know you, you want to pray for us Molly and then sure. yeah Lord thank you so much for this time that we can reflect on our hearts and um, I just pray that as we leave you would um, pinpoint those things that we need to change and help us to change those things 
pray as we go into this new trimester that um, that group, group members do um, develop into leaders and that we continue to make more and better disciples and um, continue to become more like you. And we love you and pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, hey, will you guys sing happy birthday to my wife real quick? <laughs> who? who, wait, who? Uh, Eric? Okay, so Julie, then Eric, since today is Julie's, and then tomorrow is Eric. So I can't sing to save my life, so if somebody wants to start us, that would be great. Happy birthday to you. Everybody run down to get ice cream real quick before that group lets out. <laughs> <laughs>